All right. Hi, everyone. This is uh, Jason Diebold coming from one of our fearless leaders, Jeff Armbruster, is out this week with some family business, getting ready for the big holiday weekend. Today is May 22nd, 2014. It's going quick. And it's pretty much warm weather all over the place. I don't know. I'm in Vegas right now, so I have no idea what it's like back in Michigan. And stuff. But um, pretty good weather all around. Um, just some announcements as I look kind of through the back office. Um, a couple new members of the sales team. So if you're a Star Diamond, you might see that um, your sales team or your regional managers have changed. So look through the back office and kind of see if there's anybody there that can help you to build your business. Um, they're talking about uh, Pio coming out soon and the way that you can actually work out live with Shailene. So get back office, back office for this stuff. 21 Day Fix finally is off of all the pre-orders. So now you can sell the challenge packs and the packages you know, directly from your website and, and there's no more waiting. Um, they had extended the <clears throat> submission period for the Beachbody's Got Talent, so if anybody has a special skill that they want to show off at Summit, that deadlines have been extended a little bit. And probably the two biggest um, pieces of news that I have is we are, um, as a team, designing a, a, a Team Summit shirt like we do just about every year. And we're going to have a bunch of cool logos on the front of the shirt, you know, the Team um, Beachbody logo, P90X, Insanity, all those great logos that people recognize and, and will get their attention and help you to talk um, to other people about the business. And then on the back, we want to show as many of our individual team logos that come under Team Sparty and the Fit Union and uh, the Fit Club Network, and then represent all of our individual teams on the back so everybody can see, you know, working together, we truly are stronger. So I'm going to post those links in Team Sparty uh, right under this week's call information. So if you want to connect to either of those, um, you want to submit your information so that you can submit your logo, I'll put a link to that. And then the other big news is I'm actually here in Las Vegas visiting um, a coach this week and doing some work with Sci Seminars. And I stopped by the MGM Grand, and they're definitely getting ready for us. I saw Mark Canella that works over there. And uh, unlike some of the past years, there's no more construction at MGM Grand. They're all ready to go. And I walked by the Hollywood Theater. This is the same theater that David Copperfield performs in, like, basically nightly. And it sits, like, a 1,000 people. This was the only room that they had available for our team for our Thursday team meeting. And we're really only at about 400 members of the Fit Union that have registered for this event. So it's only $10 to go. Um, we just found out that Carl Dykler will be speaking. We're going to have all the trainers from the Les Mills series come to speak. We're going to have all of our elite coaches. We've got a new member of the Millionaire Club that's going to get up and speak. And the two-time win winners of the Team Beachbody Challenge are going to be there and tell you how their team has earned so many points, you know, when three out of the five members can only speak uh, French. <laughs> so they've got some interesting stuff, and their new team name is the Gretzky. So there's going to be a lot of great information, a lot of great information about how to work your business and get more sales and success club points. So you want to make sure if you're coming all the way out here to Las Vegas for a summit, you want to make sure that you're going to be in that meeting. So again, I'll put the registration link 
for that on Team Sparty uh, right with our team call this week. And make sure that you register for both of those. The first one is just going to be a sign-up form that plugs you into our team page and, and it will give you an opportunity to upload the logo, your team logo for the t-shirts. And then the second one is going to be where you register for our Summit uh, 2014 team meeting. So today we do have a special call going on. Um, like I said, I'm here in Las Vegas working with one of our PS coaches um, who is fairly new to the team. Um, he's taken on one of these personal development classes that we talk so much about on these team calls and you know something that's really meant a lot for me, which is the Sci Seminar. So as he's done that and he went through his graduation, I, I like to be part of those graduation ceremonies, so I've come out here. And it's really kind of like the win-win situation, whereas I'm out here to um, help facilitate his graduation, to um, help him get started with his business. But also, Greg is an expert when it comes to finances, budgeting, financial planning. So as more and more people um, are doing good with this business, you know, you need to start put money, put money, put money away and save money for retirement. But also, as you get started with this business, you know, how much of your profits should you reinvest? How can you free up a little bit of extra money from your existing budget so that you have um, money to go to some of these events like Summit? And how do you have money to, um, you know, get your program and, you know, pass out samples and stuff like that? So we're excited to have um, new coach, new MO coach, Greg Allen on the line tonight, and we've already posted on Team Sparty in the file section um, his budgeting sheet. So we're going to have Greg on. I, I want Greg to tell a little bit about you know his past, why he has some expertise in the whole world of finances, and, and why you should listen to him tonight. And then tonight is really the tip of the iceberg. You know, we've kind of talked about this ahead of time, and you know, uh, half an hour to speak and half an hour to take questions really isn't enough time to talk about budgeting and financing and, and financial planning and, and ultimately financial independence. But tonight we're really going to, you know, talk about the tip of the iceberg, how to set up your budget, see where your money's going, and uh, we can work from there. So without any more hesitation, let me introduce Greg Allen. Greg, can you just tell us a little bit about you know, your financial experience. In fact, I don't think many people on the team are familiar with you yet. Greg did go on the Success Club cruise with us this year, so you may have got the chance to meet him and his wife, Lori. But if not, Greg, tell us a little bit about where you came from, your background, um, your experience with the military, and then how you got into the financial planning stuff. Okay, great. I can do that. Uh, thank you very much, Jason, for having me. And hello to everyone, and thank you for having me uh, tonight as well. As Jason said, I've been uh, part of Beachbody for a short time so far, and I have enjoyed absolutely every minute of it. I thank Jason for being out here, for putting me through Sci and getting me into Beachbody and giving me this opportunity to talk about one of my other pa passions, which is uh, finance and financial management. So before I get into that, I'd like to take a minute to tell you a little bit about myself. Um, I'm 44 years old. I live in Las Vegas with my beautiful wife, Lori, and our two dogs, uh, Lillian and Max. I'm originally from Michigan. I grew up uh, playing hockey, and I was a carpenter there. I lived there until I was 22 years old. Uh, I had some experience going to Eastern Michigan University for a while, approximately a year. 
uh, wasn't successful there, went to Western Michigan University for about a year as well and wasn't successful there. I was interested in other things and uh, decided to move on. Uh, by the time I turned 22, I decided it was time to make something out of myself. It was uh, too cold to be a carpenter in Michigan for me any longer. So I joined the Marine Corps at uh, 22 years old, and I started uh, my Marine Corps career, which ultimately lasted about 21 years. Um, so you might be asking yourself, well, how does that have anything to do with finances? And I'm going to tell you, when I joined the Marine Corps, I was first a non-commissioned officer, and then as a platoon commander, and then as a company commander, I had a lot of, uh, lot of guys in my charge, and I ultimately had to help them manage and know their finances. And because of that and being responsible for some of their, their livelihoods, uh, I dove into finance and learned everything I could possibly learn about finance. And for me personally, as I was progressing through that and I finally got promoted to captain and had some money to invest of my own, I went looking for a financial planner. And, and maybe a lot of you guys have done this as well, trying to figure out finances and how to manage money. You, you look for someone you can trust and that's going to tell you what to do. And probably like many of you, I found a ton of people willing to give me advice on what to do with my money. So I clicked with one guy in particular from one, one company and started this process of turning over my money to him so that it could be invested. And that was probably a year that I was doing that, given this a monthly allotment to be invested with this. And, dur and during that course of that year, I continued to learn about financial planning, and I continued to share the advice that he was giving um, with my guys as well so that we could all be on this great path to wealth. And as I started to study and really learn finance well and have these conversations with this guy, I learned a lot of stuff about these investments that I hadn't been told. And most specifically, one of them was that they were taking a 50% fee up front of my investments. So literally, I gave them $2,000 one month to invest, and they would keep $1,000 as a fee. And the first time that happened to me, I was totally shocked about that, and I went to my financial planner to ask him about this, and it kind of unraveled from there, and I found out a lot of other fees, and it wasn't being invested in my best interest. So I had this experience of I met this guy, I totally trust him, he was helping me with my finance, and it turned out I was being totally ripped off. And it was really... It was at that moment in my life I felt pretty darn foolish. I was pretty mad, and I vowed that this is never, ever going to happen to me again, not on my watch, not to me, not to my wife, not to any of my guys. Um, would I ever let something like this happen to me? And that's when I really, really committed to learning finance uh, even deeper than before. So I found a, a CFP, a certified financial planner, and asked him to be my mentor and really dove into it. I went to uh, the American College for a year and got certified as a financial services specialist and got even more education while being mentored by him and started to really implement some financial plans, not only for myself, uh, but for all of my guys. Uh, throughout that process, I even wrote Money Magazine a letter uh, saying, hey, I've, I've just got promoted. I've got some good stuff going on. 
um, I'd like a money makeover. And they actually wrote back to me and said, yes, we'll do that. So they sent over another certified financial planner to, to give me a money makeover photographer to the house. And that kind of took me even deeper into the professional financial world, uh, learning from, from all these people. And uh, if, you, if you Google it, it's the real cost of relocating. And you can see an article there that they wrote after giving uh, this money makers, makeover. So it was throughout that process and that determination where I said, you know what, I'm going I'm to learn financial planning. I'm going to learn it as best as I possibly can. I'm never going to let this happen to me again. And that's where I stood, and I really got into it, and I developed a deep passion for it and for helping people with their money because I learned how much uh, passion and how much brought in brought into uh, my family for me and Lori. Um, but it, it wasn't always that way for me and Lori and our money situation. When it first started out, as you know, maybe many of you do, uh, we had plenty of conversations and plenty of fights around our finances. So here I was. I had done all the studying. I got the certification. I had CFT mentors, and I knew really well what to do with our money, but I was still fighting with my wife over it. And as we started to have our conversations, we really learned that I was trying to have a conversation strictly around numbers, and the conversation that needed to happen was, what do we really want to do with our money? What do we want to become? And how do we want to, uh, what do we value when it comes to money? So I took everything that I knew about the numbers planning for financial planning. I added in this piece about values and that's some of the side training and other training that I have and combined the two so that we could have some not only happiness in our lives as far as what we want from our money value-wise, but some, for some financial stability. One of the best things, and I was telling Jason this earlier, one of the best things that I learned in my relationship and even about, mo about money is how to communicate about money. And the question, one of the questions I added was for my wife, I now say, hey, babe, is now an okay time to talk about money? So I no longer ambush my wife with money questions and stats and numbers and here's what we got to build. I say, hey, is now a good time to talk about money? And then we review our values and we get into the numbers. And that has been really successful for Lori and I for more than 10 years now. I haven't fought with Lori. We haven't had a fight about money in more than 10 years, and it's because we really dug deep into our values and what's important about money. We learn how to manage the money uh, in our family so that it goes towards our goals, and then I just refine this process on how to do that. And it's a process that I have a four-step process I call it. First, know your values, and then stop the leaks, which is find where your debt is and find out where your money is going. Separate and automate, which is number three. It's separate your living money from your investment money. And then once you get that far, I have the fourth step is fiscal flow mojo, where I take that investment money and help people get that invested into a well-balanced, diversified portfolio of mutual funds or whatever investment vehicles happens to work for them at that time. So if you have different goals and objectives about investment philosophy, then you can take that money from that portfolio and invest it that way. But it's really going to the basics of controlling the money of first, knowing your values, two, stopping the leaks, controlling your budget, three, separate and automate investment money from your household money, 
and then moving to the investments uh, step four. And that's one of the things that I wanted to run through with you guys um, on the spreadsheet here. So unless anybody uh, has any questions this far, I'll, I'll get into the spreadsheet if you all have that open. Uh, Jason, you have any questions? Sure, yeah, ton of stuff. Um, I know with me and my relationships, you know, finance has always come up. And so there's a couple of great ideas there that you said. Um, you know, I know from talking to Greg and Lori, there would be issues like if Greg is trying to save up to get new tires on his car, and I'm just using this as a figurative example, and then his wife is out, you know, buying expensive hair care products and nail salon visits, you know, that's just going to create tension because you both both don't have the same ideas about your money. So one of the things that they've mentioned that's worked well for them is, you know, out of their total budget, there's two individual budgets. And, you know, Greg and Lori both said, like, he can take his money and throw it out the window or she could burn her money for all that he cares. Um, and And the budget still accounts for that. So that way you're, like, not micromanaging each other's expenses, you know, because there's going to be some things that he wants to do that she doesn't. And I think that's just a great way to um, prepare for this. And it's really, when we heard um, Greg speak there, you know, he's describing this financial planning and budgeting as he was working with a professional and felt like he was getting taken advantage of. And I think, you know, this is definitely a case of what you don't know can hurt you, you know, they were taking half of the money he was investing and just using that to figure out where that money goes. And I know that was kind of the same way that I've always felt about cars. You take a car and you get fixed, and they tell you it's going to be $2,000 to replace a gasket. And so, you know, I've done the experience and research necessary to figure out how cars work. But at the same time, you know, Greg has kind of dived into this business and really figured out how this works. And, you know, when you listen today, look at the worksheet, take notes, and next time, you know, you go to invest money or make your budget, you know, you're going to have that experience behind you so that you can talk to the banker, the lawyer, the investment um, person with confidence of knowing what you're talking about. So we're really lucky to have him today. Um, the only thing I wanted to know is, you know, Greg kind of glanced over his experience in the military. And one of the things that, you know, I've learned about him this week is that, you know, when we went, when the military went into a new war zone or whatever, I think he called it a theater, they have to move all this equipment out there, you know, to start the activities. And so he was really part of the management team that, you know, they send in a team of five guys and they go out there and scope the area out and then they have to move all this machinery from all over the world to get to this one spot. So it's like that technical background and, and management and, um, just organization is really, you know, his strong suit. Um, organization isn't my strong suit. And when I look at my schedule, you know, on iCal compared to his, everything is nice, um, neat little colors, you know, one after another. And my stuff is overlapping all over the place. So it's like really take time to um, use his skill set and his brain today. And he can tell you about finances from this organized perspective and point of view that most of us can't really comprehend. Perfect. Yeah, thank you very much, Jason. Hey, you just mentioned a, a really good point about something that not, has helped me um, financially as well as in my marriage, and it was about the spending money. 
issues. So as we go through the spreadsheet, if you haven't um, pulled up, I'm on the household expenses spreadsheet. Um, I, I just added two, um, two headings under variable expenses for Greg's spending and Lori's spending. So one of the things that used to happen is after I learned about all the finances, I would open up our finances and I would, and I would find where money was spent and I would want to verify where that money was going. So I would look at the spreadsheet and go, or at our bank statements and go, what's the, what's the $100 for hair? What's $100 for nails? What's this and for Pier 1 and what's that? And it would start fights in our family because it was spending that was definitely necessary and that I definitely wanted to have happen as well. It just wasn't as clear for me at the time. And then Lori would kind of point it out to me, well, what's the spending at Best Buy? What's the spending at the, uh, at the Apple store? And it would kind of start this little, you know, tuffle between the two of us of, hey, don't worry about what I'm doing with my money and don't worry about what she's doing with her money. So what I did under, under variable expenses is separated out our spending money and gave her her monthly money and me my monthly money. And then like Jason said, now we've gotten to the point that because we agree on our values and what we want from money as a family, and we also agreed on the numbers, let's just say 100 goes to her spending and 100 to mine, and we agree on that, it kind of released any kind of negative energy or anger around it for anybody because now it doesn't matter what she does with that particular money and it doesn't matter what I do with my money. And that's really been one of the most helpful things uh, in bringing the peace to our financial life. So that's a really important thing to do. So I would recommend to anybody who is in, you know, involved in a relationship or married or whatever, two, two great things to add are definitely your own spending categories as well as, hey, babe, hey, honey, is now an okay time to talk about money because then you wrap the whole conversation in a really good kind of energy as you start to go into numbers, which, which we all know, I'm sure you've had these conversations, it can be stressful when you're trying to do a spreadsheet and you know you're spending 100 to 105% of your income, that is stressful in and of itself, and then you can sometimes have fights about stuff that aren't really a fight. So if you can wrap some good energy and understanding around that, it makes the whole conversation and getting into the numbers uh, much easier. So all that to say this, over the course of that period of time, I, I developed a system that works really well for Lori and I, and hopefully you all have the spreadsheet pulled up. And you see the six tabs there. And these six tabs are really what changed my financial life and my marriage and everything for the better. So what I told Jason, what I wanted to do with this call is that if we can get people started on this from the, from the basic budgeting on forward, and we can have more calls in the future on more uh, advanced investments and things like that, um, it would just make my heart sing to have everybody feeling, you know, the same kind of happiness and the financial stability and the security in their financial lives linked to such an amazing business. You know, Beachbody is now my second phase of, of my career, and if you can, you know, make the kind of money you want to make with that, bring it into your own personal household and put it to a system where you know your values, you stop the leaks, you know your budget, you separate and automate, and you start investing, then your conversations are about, you know, where do you want to retire, what retirement house do you want to buy, what vacations do you want to take, instead of, hey, how much longer do we have to work? To what age are we going to have to work? 
so that we can still afford our lifestyle. Once you get into this and you start really tracking your numbers, you'll see that it becomes contagious. So when Laura and I first started this, you know, 10 years ago or more, we were spending 100 to 105% of our income creating credit card debt. I went through this education, got the system down, and we got it down to a 100%, then 90%, then 85%, all the way down to 70%, and we start automatically investing extra money every month, and it becomes a really, really, really nice situation. And I think, I personally believe that if, if I can do it, anybody can do it. You know, I went from, you know, Carpenter in Michigan, unsuccessful attempt at Eastern Michigan University, Western Michigan University, enlisted in Marines, office Marine, officer of Marines, you know, got ripped off and just totally committed to learning this and dedicating myself to it. And my life is a lot different 10 years later, and I truly believe that yours can be too. Anybody that wants to make this happen can make this happen. Uh, it just starts with a little bit of action and doing some of the, some of the hard some of the hard stuff of tracking your numbers. So, Jason, unless you have anything to add, I'm going to go right to the right to the spreadsheet. So, if you have the spreadsheet open, uh, please go to the first tab and you'll see household expenses. All right, and I I made this initial spreadsheet uh, simple for a very good reason is that I've been doing budgeting for a long time and helping people with their budgets for a long time. And one of the biggest hurdles that people have to get over is actually even doing their budget. It's a little different to say, yes, I got my budget. I totally understand what I'm supposed to do. I get it. And then they kind of round the numbers in their head. And it's different from when you actually plug them into the spreadsheet. So you know, my wish for you and my challenge for you is to take this first page of the spreadsheet and find out what your household expenses are, how much money you have, so that we can then later compare that to your income to see what percentage. And it just kind of gives you a general idea whether you're spending 70 to 110% of your income so that you know. So the first expense I have listed, fixed expenses, and those are ones that you don't really have a whole heck of a lot of control of. And I listed these here on the left-hand side, mortgage, auto loan, maybe you have a couple cars, Life, insur life insurance and utilities. These are just the ones that I use, and you can change them to anything that you want. And variable expenses, these are ones that you have some control over and can adjust. So one month, if you set your fuel budget to be 100, but money is being a little more tight, you don't necessarily have to spend all that money on fuel. You can cut back on groceries or general uh, merchandise or dining. So just in general, Try to separate your money into fixed expenses and variable expenses. And there's a million different ways to do this, you guys. And my thought on this is, after doing this with so many people, is pick the way, a way that works best for you and just do it. Some people will spend some money and then immediately go log it in. Some people will print off their bank statements and spend a Saturday filling it all in. Some people will have conversations with their spouse and kind of, kind of rough, it, rough it in and then bounce it off their bank statements. Um, my thought is that if you have nothing or just a guess, any one of those ways is going to be better than everything because ultimately what we're after is to find out how much are you actually spending compared to how much are you actually making because if, it's, if you're spending 100 to 100 plus, you're going to have some strife in your life. So that's why I call this first phase uh, stop the leaks is find out where money is going so that you can control it. So for now, I want to 
skip over the business and the debt plan and go to, go to the Christmas tab. I want to further elaborate on stop the leaks. So this Christmas tab is the result of five years of nearly knockdown, drag out fights with my wife and I about Christmas spending. And I'll just, one of the most nefarious things I think about Christmas spending from a budget perspective is that if, if you're like our family at all, you know, back then, when Christmas comes around, we were going to buy Christmas gifts no matter what. So I would spend all year long doing our budgeting and our planning and everything would be nice, but I hadn't planned for Christmas. So then when Christmas came around, and this is true for a ton of the people that I have coached through this, when Christmas came around, it kind of came, either came to, hey, we either have to call our family and tell them we don't have money for Christmas or we have to put it on the credit card. So for years, the answer for us was, well, put it on the credit card. We're not about to go tell people, you know, hey, I can't buy you a Christmas gift because I don't have any money. So the reason I bring that up and stop the leaks is because not a lot of people put that in, in their budget and it winds up going on the credit card. And then you spend the whole year paying off that credit card and then next Christmas you didn't save that money again so it goes back on the credit card. And I'm not saying that everybody does this, but I did and I experienced a lot of people that did. So I just built this spreadsheet for Lori and I to list how we spend our Christmas money and it's as simple as it looks. So under name, you know, if it's Jason and I'm going to buy him a $50 gift, I just put his name and the amount and then I added a month column in there because if we could buy the gift early, and we didn't buy it as early as March, I did that for an example, but if we could buy it early, then I wouldn't be hit in December with uh, 12 months worth of expenses. And that's kind of how it started out. But ultimately what happened is we listed everybody's names and then tips, the dog sitter, her nails lady, uh, dying when we go out at Christmas, we leave uh, a bigger tip than normal, the postman, Spirit of Christmas is charity and miscellaneous gifts, but any extra stuff that you spend at Christmas that makes you feel good and kind and, and caring and generous, which is great stuff to do for people, we would always do that but never plan for it. So now I just threw all the numbers on there, came up with the total. I added shipping and supplies to have to ship stuff, came up with the total and divided by 12. And this gets into the step three, the separate and automate amount Ultimately, what I did is then I, I set up an allotment for $100 a month into a different savings account, and now we've gotten to the point where every you know, November comes around and Lori has $1,100 of money in a Christmas account that I never have to see, I never have to touch. It was separated, really the same thing as her spending money and my spending money, and now Christmas has become a tremendous time of the year for us, and there's no financial strife whatsoever because that money is in her account and she goes out and buys everything she wants to, and I do the same for my friends, and life is good. And this is all part of the whole stop the leaks process of helping people first understand where some of their money is going, and this was one of the ones that not a lot of people planned for. So the next tab over is vacation. And the exact same thing was happening for us and a lot of the people that I coach was through vacation. We all work really hard. I know that all of you work really hard and you want to take vacations and you want to go visit family and have a great time and, and enjoy an abundant life. And what a lot of people have done in my, in my experience was 
you work hard all year long, it comes time to take a vacation, and I have done this for myself for sure. I was able to justify it, say, you know what, we work so hard, we're going to take a vacation anyway, and that would wind up going on the credit card sometimes. So I, I built this simple spreadsheet just to track a seven-day vacation. And this is really easy to do, you guys, and you can fill these numbers in yourself and, you know, sit down with your spouse or whoever and just say, you know, rough the numbers out. If I were to spend day one on a vacation, how would I want to do it? So I just put those labels in there, breakfast, lunch, dinner, cash, and lodging, just for estimates. And you can change this to whatever you want. And, you know, it's a basic Excel spreadsheet. You'll see at the bottom there it totals everything. And I divided by 12. So after I added all the expenses, if you'll see line 63, monthly savings needed, no airfare. In order for us to take a vacation that we totally would love with those amounts, I needed to save 245.42 a month for that vacation. The next column over, the 412.08, that was if there was $2,000 worth of airfare. And those don't necessarily have to be our numbers, and they weren't even that way when we started. We kind of did this as, hey, what's our dream vacation going to look like? But it gave me a good estimate to be able to say, okay, now I need to start an allotment to start saving for vacation. And it's not like we did these numbers and I said, okay, I'm going to start a $400 allotment. Our original vacation allotment was $50 a month. So $50 a month would come up and we save, you know, $300, $400. At that time we lived in California or whatever, so we would drive up to Big Bear and have that cash to go for a vacation. So the point of it, again, was another stop the leaks spreadsheet in rather than spend the whole year doing our basic budgeting and our household expenses, feel like we deserve a reward and then put it on credit card, I just started to really track all these expenses so that we could save the money monthly. And I'm telling you guys, most of the people that I came across weren't doing this for Christmas or vacation. Or if you look at the next uh, tab over, the gift plan. So, you know, you kind of see a theme going when this all first started out for me. These are the conversations and, the, you know, the arguments that Lori and I would have. So the, on the gift plan tab, I did the same thing. I listed the names of everybody we wanted to buy gifts across the top, the event, so whose birthday, Mother's Day, Easter, anniversary. And we just mapped it out and said, hey, if we wanted to give people gifts and feel great and abundant and generous, how would we do it? So we did the same thing. You see the total that we were spending every month. And if you can look at like June, you know, that the numbers I put in June was $140 a month compared to the rest. That became a heavier month for us. And when I wasn't tracking gifts, it was guaranteed that we were going to fight in June because money got tighter. So once I ran all these totals, divide by 12, you'll see it's about 60 bucks a month. You know, we, we started saving on monthly so that we could give people gifts as well. So really the gist of those last three tabs, the gift, the Christmas, and the vacation, that's the heart and soul of the second step of Stop the Leaks. And it really shows you if you start to really track your numbers, there's probably a lot of places where money can be leaving your budget that you may not be aware of. So if you first know your values and then you then stop the leak so that you know where all your money is going, then you can start the separate and automate process, which is doing allotments for investment. So the way I like to really look at the stop the leaks um, process for me is I imagine that um, 
your money is like a, a bunch of children or a bunch of kids that you're in charge of, right? I was, I was, a, I worked at a, um, a youth center one time, and we would ha- go out on the playground and take 40 kids out on the playground. And if you didn't watch them and tell them where to go, they would go somewhere anyway. Someone would go over to the merry-go-round. Someone would try to get out of the gate. Someone, someone would want to do arts and crafts. And you could, you could eventually have 40 kids all over the place if you weren't murdering. I think your dollars are the same way. They're going to go somewhere. And if you're not watching them and telling them where to go, then you get wherever they just happen to be going. So I felt that the more precise we could be with tracking them, the better they are. So some of you may be thinking, wow, this is pretty intense and that's a lot of tracking and it's a lot of numbers and I don't like doing this kind of stuff. And what I can say to that and what my experience has been is rather than spending two or three or four, and I probably spent almost five years frustrated and fighting over this and making very little progress, if you can front load this stuff and get it the budget planned and done even one time in your lifetime really accurately like this, then the rest of the years, like I said earlier, become great and you don't fight any longer. I now only spend maybe an hour a month that's necessary for me to rebalance and rebudget and talk with Lori and say, hey, are these still our values? Do you want to change these amounts? So now the conversations become how can we be rich, full, and abundant instead of, hey, what's hair and nails and, and the Apple store? So my, my point with saying that is take it one, one spreadsheet at a time, one tab at a time, plug your numbers in at your pace. Don't be intimidated by it. In a very short period of time, you really will know where all of your dollars are going, and you'll be able to manage it. All right, just reading over some stickies. Okay. So that's the gist of the gist of the budgets. The business expense one um, I put on there just to start tracking beach body expenses for me. As Jason said, uh, I'm I'm new into this, so I'm just now starting, and so those are my expenses that I listed there to start keeping track of those. And that was just to kind of show you guys that even though I've been doing this for you know 10 or 15 years now, when something new comes into my life, I quickly build a, a basic sum spreadsheet and add this into our budget, and it's become very easy now because now I can say, hey, babe, it's now an okay time to talk about the business expenses tab I just made. And, you know, Lori knows and she's used to dealing with me, and she'll say, no, now it's not a good time, I'm working, or yes, it's a good time, but it, it frames it in the appropriate energy, and I'll say, okay, we've retired here in Las Vegas, we want to start this great life and this great beach body business, here's what I'm thinking expense-wise. Does this meet your values and does it meet our values? And now these conversations, you guys, I'm telling you, they take, take five or ten minutes since we front-loaded um, front loaded all the work. So I think in, in summary, and we'll move on to questions next if, uh, if that's all right, is if you take, a, take some time to get a hold of your financial life, what you really want from money, I mean, make a list. What's important to me about money? What do I want from money? And make it separate from your spouse. You'll come up with a list of your values about what's important to you. Know those values. Have a conversation with your spouse if you're married, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. Come to a common agreement and then start to work on the numbers. When you do that, you build your financial plan based on what you truly value and what you want from life 
then the numbers flow much more easily. Then you can do your household expenses, create your him and her spending accounts. You can talk about your business expenses. You can get control of your debt. And then if you plan gift Christmas and vacation, you get to be really abundant and kind and loving and giving with your financial life. And I'm telling you, one of the things that's done for me is just brought tremendous sense of peace around our household, financial security um, for both Lori and I, and just a really good sense of abundance in our financial lives all together. And um, we're, we're just happy with that. So with that, I guess, Jason, if you have any questions or turn it over to you. For sure. Um, I started listing Greg's steps there under his file, um, under the spreadsheet. So, you know, we'll work with Greg and, and write down, you know, all the steps that he has for his financial success. And, you know, like I really like the ideas that, you know, so many problems are caused in relationships. Lord knows I have my problems in relationships. Um, you know, and, and money really is a big part of it. So, you know, if you can take the tips from him where you're bombarding one another or he said ambushing him uh, or his wife, you know, because, you know, what what happens a lot of times, and this is true with money but also with anything, I just want to remind everybody to post any questions you have on the team call page uh, that we have for tonight and we'll go ahead and have Greg listen to them. But while we're waiting for some questions, um, this is true for anything in a relationship. Sometimes you get so worked up about an activity and then you kind of ambush your spouse and be like, why did you do this, this, and this? And you've been festering that emotion, that anger for the last 10 hours. And you might catch, you know, your wife as she walks out the door, or the husband as he's about to put gas in the car, or, you know, do something really, really important. And then, you know, they're not in the right time set. So one thing that does work for me is, you know, to say, hey, I have this issue um, that I want to discuss and see where you're, where you're at on it. You know, let me know a good time, you know, where we can sit and spend five minutes talking about it. And then you leave a lot of times for the angers and the frustrations to go. But what Greg is saying from the planning that they've done here, you know, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And they're saving a lot of those um, arguments in the long run. So I really think it's cool when he brings up his stock, the leaks. Um, you know, everybody wants to be generous and contribute at Christmas and all these birthdays. And I've I've seen families that, you know, do a lot less income that I do that are, are more generous. You know, it's really neat when you can see somebody give a gift to the postman or, you know, the housekeeper or all these um, supportive people that they have in their lives, which are really the people that we need to, you know, treat the best. Um, my gosh, if somebody's watching your children, you know, or bringing you your 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 products that you're selling in your, in your business, these are important people in your life. And so by planning that out, you know, the $50 gift at the end of the year is, you know, 50 cents a month or something. And so it's really unique. And, and I know that when I plan this sort of way, like, it just goes off my mind, you know, and your mind is, is a finite computer. When you're overloading it with trying to figure out where money is going to come from, that's less creativity and less resources you have to work with the bigger problem. But just getting this stuff down on paper, um, you know, takes it out of your head and allows you to free those resources to do something more important. So taking a note from Jeff, we always like to unmute the lines. I want to caution everybody to mute your line or make sure there's not a lot of background noise um, if you're not speaking. 
And then when you have a question, go ahead and unmute and uh, give your question. But we always give folks that speak up um, the first opportunity to ask their questions. And, you know, we'll stay around until we can get all the questions answered. And if you're a little bit shy, go ahead and post your questions on the call page for tonight um, or even on Team Sparty on the link to the call. And we'll look through the team pages. So if anybody's brave and ready, any questions for myself, Greg about finance, or really just kind of anything going on in the business, we'd like to take the finance questions first because that's our topic tonight. But if you've got something that's really important that you want to ask one of your leaders, now's a good time to do that. Folks are always shy when we first open the lines. Um, um, I, I have a I have a question. My name is Paula. I'm new. I recently joined. I don't think it's been two weeks yet. But um, <clears throat> I have. Welcome, Paula. Where are you at? Where do you live? And who's your? I'm sponsor? in New York. New York. Yeah, and um, who, you know, I wanted. Who brought wanted you into Team in Beachbody? Well, what I did, um, I joined under um, George. Is George, are you still on? Yeah, I'm still here, yeah, George Bishop. Oh, George Bishop, yeah. So, but what I did was, I, you know, and I hadn't been able to, like, really meet up with George yet. He's in the Bronx, not too far, but my question, like, overall, like, the finance, the financial aspect of this comes from basically selling the shakes and selling the workout. CDs? Yeah, um, you know, that's not exactly the topic tonight. Tonight we're kind of telling you about oh, okay. as the income come, comes in, you know, how to budget so you do have money to spend on the individual products and, you know, long-term get into savings so that retirement and stuff is easy. But, yeah, okay. the compensation plan for Team Beachbody, um, one of the things I'd recommend is, you know, looking through the back office and there's a frequently asked question section about it. And actually a really great video in your video library that tells where income comes from. But your main source of income is going to be through commissions that you just said. And that's selling fitness programs or nutritional supplements like protein powder, um, protein bar, oh. and psychology. Uh, and then long term, the majority of the income can come from um, bonuses that you get from working with a bigger and bigger team. You know, when okay. I started this business six and a half years ago, it was just like you. Um, somebody had shared the opportunity with me, and I started on my own. And now, uh, six and a half years later, there's 27,000 people on my team. And the bonuses that comes from the volume of the products that the team sells is 90% of my income. So, yeah, by all means, start by sharing the products with the people that you know. Um, you mm -hmm. can do even more business by growing that group of that circle of friends bigger and bigger, and then as more people join your team and and help promote the products, that's kind of where the big long term money comes into play. But the neat thing about this call is that you don't have to be making a thousand dollars a week with Team Beachbody to start budgeting. You know, the main point tonight, if you take away nothing from this call, is that. You know, get out of the habit where you're spending um, 100% or even, like most people, 110, 120% by using credit cards and other sources mm -hmm. of financing. 
you know, dial stuff in so that your expenses are only 75, 80% or, or, you know, how great would that be if it's only 50%? And then you've got some, some extra resources to spend on the other things that we want in life and to invest in a future um, for some of the dream toys that we want. So thanks for your question. I hope that kind of explains where the basic money in Team Beach Party comes from. And to get more detailed, you know, I'd go back to George or, like I say, go through the back office, look at your videos, um, look on coaching codes. And the video that talks about how to earn is really the best way to get the quickest summary about the different ways you can earn with Beachbody. And there's so many, like, it would be hard to bring them up on the call. I think I talked about the top two right there, though. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Paula. Is there any other questions for us? Uh, Greg, go ahead and make sure you're looking through the team page to see if you have any questions there. Um, I'm getting a lot of um, responses from our leadership team that folks are keep continuing to enroll for our pre-summit team meeting. And, you know, especially somebody like that, Paula, that's just getting started in this business, if you can make it out to summit, you know, you get to learn from all the best leaders in the company. And then our individual team meeting shows five or six or ten leaders, including the CEO, that's going to tell you the tips and tricks that they've used to um, build a successful business over time. So it's a really great, um, valuable exercise to be part of. Mm-hmm. More questions, folks? Hey, Jason. Great hey. question. Go ahead. Yeah, what's your name? Where are you from? Uh, Chris from Wisconsin. From Wisconsin. Hey, Chris. Um. I, I brought up the Excel spreadsheet that you had posted, and there's a, a block on there that says to download it. It only downloads the first page. I I really like it, and, I, and you can't, for some reason, I can't seem to edit anything. I was just wondering if there's a way to do that, or if I just need to uh, recreate the spreadsheet. Hmm. Um. I brought it up, and uh, the file that I put on there was an Excel file, XLS. And I try to use the XLS format because it works for a wider variety than the new XLS X. And um, the way that I can go in in between individual segments here that Greg was talking about is there's tabs at the bottom of the screen, so you're not seeing any of these other tabs? Um, I have all the other tabs, but when I download it, or try to download it onto my hard drive, the downloaded version only comes up with the first tab, the household expense. Mm, so maybe you're editing it on um, Google. I think one of our coaches, Garrett, um, was nice enough to upload the file to Google Drives. And, and then I think what you're seeing is when you're on the Google Drive, you have full access. And when you try to download it off Google, it's where it's limiting to you to one tab. I would refer you to go back to our team page or for the call tonight, and you can download the complete file directly off of Facebook. Okay. I'll give that a try. Does that make sense? I just yep. Unfortunately, I'm not an expert on how that Google Drive works, and you're probably just downloading one tab instead of the whole thing. But thank you for the question. I want to make sure everybody gets that file. And as Greg was saying, you know, this is really just the start of the iceberg. He's giving you the framework and the template to do you may have a thousand expenses or you might have 
you know, only one credit card to put on the debt log, or you might have 10 credit cards to put on the debt log, but this is the framework that you need to start paying attention. And again, one of the main reasons I'm here in Las Vegas, I'm, I'm sharing the coaching with him, he's sharing the finances with me. Just doing that one debt tab for me, you know, was eye-opening. Um, you know, people think because they've got, you know, a home mortgage and um, um, a car payment, those are things you need, but yeah, that also is included in debt. So when you look at that, it's like, what's my net worth really um, at? When you subtract all these debts out, it might not be quite as big as you think. Is there any more questions for uh, Greg? Just questions in general on um, why you've got the leaders on the line. We still have a lot of people on the call here, I see. Okay, I can see now that Greg has updated the individual steps. If you look at um, the link on Team Sparty where you can download that file, um, he's got all of his individual steps there for um, his, his financial success. So um, one thing we didn't really talk about before, um, and I think this is really significant, so if you're still here, I'd encourage you to stand for a few more minutes. Um, you know, Greg totally downplays his involvement with the military, and you know, he's a retired Marine that's been, I want to say it's 20 years of service. And what, and the way that I explain his story a lot is, you know, his last time in Iraq, you know, he said to himself, well, gosh, I've put forth all this effort to serve our country and to protect our interests. And, you know, maybe from a selfish standpoint, it's like now I want to do something for me. So, Greg, if you don't mind sharing, like, what were you feeling there in Iraq and what was the um, the promise that you made to yourself um, after your military experience ended? <laughs> okay, I could, I could definitely do that, and thank you very much for doing that. Um, yeah, so, like Jason said, I, I was in the Marines for 21 years, and, you know, throughout the last five years was this process I was telling you about, about learning finance and really knowing my values and figuring out what I want in life, and I came up for promotion uh, to lieutenant colonel at the very end of my career, and it just so happened that it was at a time um, when I was in Iraq and uh, I'm sorry, is when I had just gotten back from Iraq, but I was due to deploy again. So if I were to accept the promotion, um, I would have had to go gone back to Afghanistan for another combat tour. And it was something that I recalled saying to myself when I was in Iraq and started to really think more about my values. And I said, if you, you know, just get me out of here alive, uh, I will go home and, and spend my life you know, for the better, I will enjoy my wife and dogs and and have a great time in Las Vegas, you know, living, living our lives out if I can just do that. So that's what I did. I got back and I turned down the promotion and was really, really grateful to be home and at the end and as a retired Marine and decided, hey, you know, fitness and money and some combo of that stuff is what I like and that's kind of the life that we want to set up. And long story short, throughout that process, I had met Jason a couple of years ago at um, Life Mastery, and he said he was a beach body coach, and I thought it was really interesting. So I called him, you know, not too long ago, which was, you know, two years later, and asked him about the beach body stuff. And I got introduced to this business, you know, in full, and I realized, 
what a great decision I had made to, you know, get out of the Marines and start this second phase of life. And I realized what a just what a totally awesome company that this is. Not only do I get to do what I love for the rest of my life, it's a really good um, business prospect with a ton of great people in it. And, you know, Jason obviously being one of them. So I just, I guess, getting out of the military, I just got really, really grateful and decided I'm going to spend my life this way helping people get fit and doing it through Beachbody. And one of the things I've learned in the short period of time is through Jason and how much he gives, uh, you know, if he'll give me some latitude on this, you know, he took us on the cruise, he sent me to side training, he's coming here to help run my business, and he sets up coachingcodes.com, which I just think is totally awesome for monetizing the business. And I said, now that I'm here, I'm, I'm out of the Marines, I'm grateful, I want to live this great life, I want to give back the same way uh, Jason gives to the Fit Union. So I've talked to Jason and asked him if I can do a few things and set up, you know, with the Fiscal Fitness Academy and teach as many Beachbody coaches as I can about my entire investment and financial planning uh, philosophy and give that out to you guys so that you can, you know, create the rich, abundant lives as well. So... I really see this call as my opportunity to, you know, be grateful for my life and what I've done and to give back to the Beachbody community that has already given uh, so much to me. Well, that's awesome um, information. And like you said, you know, he was in a part where he'd already served so much and given so much of himself. And then he just kind of made himself that promise that, you know, if I can get through this alive, you know, having done all the service that I'm going to go home and create, you know, I think a common theme right now is, you know, life by design. And uh, one of the first things he said when he, you know, got home and was able to do that is he went on a different job interview for the Department of Defense. And can you explain that experience a little bit and then why that kind of drove you to do something like this? Oh, yeah. Okay, thank you. Sorry, I was uh, I was just reading to see if there were more questions posted. Yeah, so definitely life by design. So when I first got back, when I first retired from the Marines, I had all this experience as a communications officer and logistics officer and things like that. And I started to go on interviews with uh, DOD to, to be a contractor for the Department of Defense. And I met a guy at a restaurant to go through the interview, and I was wearing the right stuff and the tie, and I had my portfolio, and I could answer all the questions. And you know, he sat down and asked me, he was asking me all kinds of questions about what I want and how I can serve and this like that. And it went on for about 20 minutes, and there was just no life to the interview whatsoever. And when it came my turn to speak, he said, do you have any questions for me? And I said, yeah, I got a question. And I looked at him, and I said, are you happy? And he, and he immediately stumbled all over himself. He was like, oh, uh, well, uh, um, uh, yeah, I'm happy. And I said, okay, I don't have any more questions because I could tell for a fact uh, he wasn't happy. He was he was overweight. He was overworked. He was rushing through lunch, just checking the blocks for the interview. And I knew for a fact that had I taken that job in not too short period of a time, I would be overweight, overworked, underpaid, and frustrated. And that's that was another pivotal moment for me when I said, I'm just not going to do that. I'm going to go out and do life by design and create my own life and it happened to be, you know, fitness and money is what I liked and that's when I went on my search and then remembered Jason and contacted him and now I honestly I feel like I'm in the best position that I've ever been in. 
awesome information there. And, uh, you know, a couple things that you can take away from that is, like, the the chance encounter that we had uh, two years ago in Fiji, of all places, you know, just because we were both doing a common training, um, was one where, you know, I gave him a business card, wasn't really pressing him, and I'm like, hey, if you guys are into health and nutrition, you should check out the Shakeology stuff. And, uh, you know, they had tried the Shakeology, and, and he made that, you know, that statement then. He's like, you know, I've got a year left in the military, but if I get done with that, I'm going to go out and create this, and, and that seems like something I might want to pursue in the future. And held on to that business card for two years, and then when he was ready to do it, you know, he checked into the, some of the other products and saw the artificial sweeteners and then looked at Shakeology and said, hey, this really is a good deal. I, I remember I met that guy, found the car in the back of a drawer somewhere, and, um, you know, called into it. So you never know those chance encounters you take or the small little communications you have, and passing out the card, having your name on every sample you give out can turn out to be, you know, another great um, opportunity and friendship like this. So there's a couple questions. Um, the first one that we had there, um, Greg has already kind of taken online, but he's saying, um, the question was from Melinda, and is there any books on budgeting that you'd recommend? Budgeting and finances are a major weakness for her. Well, awesome. I'm so glad that you're open enough to share about that. Again, um, I think the richest person in the world would say it's something that they're not perfect at. So it's it's good to be open about that. Um, so, Greg, do you have any books that you recommend? I mean, there's some stuff on there already, but maybe if you can kind of comment that live, that'd be great. Yeah, I can do that. There's also a question from Latoya Tate up above that I'll address as well. Um, yeah, I responded in there, Think and Grow Rich is a great place to start. Because one of the things that I feel like I've absolutely learned about finance is that if you skip if you skip the why power, if you skip the juice of life, as Tony Robbins would say it, and the values, and you don't line that up with the people in your family, the numbers kind of don't matter anyway. And I did that for years. I made the budget. I said, hey, here's the budget. There was no hair, hair and nail money in the budget, and it was a problem. right? And it was even a problem for me. Now I'm happy that hair and nails is a separate category. The Apple Store is a separate category. So... Think and Grow Rich, I think, is a great place to start, or The Richest Man in Babylon is a great place to start because it really starts to wrap your mind around what do you really want from life, what do you really want from your money, and then when you go out to get money to fulfill that kind of life, money comes more freely and more abundant. What I, what I like about the next part of that is, is what's coming to you freely and abundantly by running it through you know, this short spreadsheet process then you keep more of it every month than you spend, and you can have that kind of life for your entire life. So I think that Think and Grow Rich and um, Richest Man in Babylon is a great place to start. Yeah, if I can just add to that for a second. Um, Greg really hit on one of the things I was going to say is The Richest Man in Babylon, and Jim Rohn and Zig Ziglar really recommend that book, and I read it, I have it on DVD, I mean CD, and I listen to it all the time, and there's not one thing in there that's going to say, you know, you need to be investing a certain amount of money in a certain fund. But one of the ways that we learn best is through stories. And so what that story does teach is to keep a certain percentage out. And instead of, you know, wasting that on some luxuries now, like what happens when you reinvest that or you loan some of that money out? And so it's one of these stories that will stick in the back of your head. And then when it comes time to purchase a luxury item, you're like, well, is this really what I want or would I rather – you know, be able to work a, a little less or, you know, not have to take overtime or be able to give better. And, and, and that's a really important story. Um, if 
people have mentioned Dave Ramsey on there. That's one of the techniques I've used in his money allocations. He talks about putting stuff in the individual buckets. And when you can make automatic deductions from your account to pay for taxes, to pay for the Christmas fund, to pay for financial independence, you know, and in, uh, I think it's Jim Rohn that says, you know, you really should pay yourself first. You know, if you're not taking at least 10% out of your income to save for your financial future, you know, you're really just working to pay for the house and the car so that you can keep working so that you can pay for the house and the car, and that's an endless cycle that doesn't lead anywhere. Um, so some great recommendations there. Thinking Grow Rich is not an easy read. In fact, I prefer to listen to that one. Rich's Man in Babylon is great. Dave Ramsey, anything he's done is good. They were recommending Money Magazine, and I put Success Magazine on there, maybe even before Money Magazine, but that's Again, Money Magazine is probably not where you want to start. I would start with uh, Rich's Man in Babylon and just do some individual work on that. Okay, the other question uh, that we had, Greg, was like you said, LaToya, how often do you update this budget or spreadsheets? And do you, your wife can sit down and do it um, on a regular basis or just kind of tweak it as things come up? And this is one of the things that you know I've asked personally, Greg, it scares me to think that I'm going to have to waste my time down there every day downloading and copying transactions from my checkbook and it, it's something I really fear but I think you'll find that his answers are pretty encouraging on this and he's got a unique way of sharing the information with his wife. Perfect. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, so it's a great question and I'll, I'll tell you it, it used to be two different or it's two different answers. It used to be how often do I update my budget and my spreadsheets? Almost never. And when I did do it, I would tell my wife uh, how it's going to be and what's going to happen. And that was just a, a total train wreck for me. But now that we went through this process and we got the numbers down one time, uh, it's become really, really easy. And I probably update our spreadsheets. And you'll see that the downloads has one, two, three, four, about six of them. I have about 10 in ours with some other stuff on there. I do it maybe once a month. and probably uh, often and more often than not, maybe twice uh, every two months. So once you do the upfront work, all you have to do is tweak numbers. So fuel goes from 500 to 400 or whatever it is. So it becomes really easy once you get the front end of it done. And your next one, do your, does you and your wife sit down together on a regular base, basis to talk about and tweak the budget as things come up? So that answer is yes. What has worked for Lori and I, because I like to do spreadsheets and I like to do the numbers, is that I will analyze everything, you know, the budget as it is, and look at our income and decide where we need to make some adjustments. And then let's just say it's on fuel. Our fuel expenses was, let's just say it's 500, and I think that it could be 400 because of something. I literally just go into the spreadsheet. I'll, I'll put on the fill color yellow and say, I think there's some savings there. Vacation, maybe it gets out of control. I'll highlight that yellow and say, I think there's some savings there. And I'll do that for anywhere where I think that there could be savings. And it's important to understand this isn't, you know, this isn't Greg Allen just going up to our family spreadsheet and looking for savings. Lori and I have had the conversation. We know our values. We're on the same sheet of music. We are tracking. We both want the same retirement dreams. And because I happen to be the one, you know, leading in the finances, I kind of make my guests, guests and my thoughts around that. And then what I do is instead of like I used to do as ambusher and say, hey, here's what the numbers are, I wait to now what I know is a better time for her. She's not a morning person. I'll wait till the afternoon and I'll say, hey, babe, is now okay to, time to talk about money? 
um, I reviewed the spreadsheet and I had some ideas on how we could tweak some things and put more towards our RV or more towards our mortgage. We have this game going now where we want to pay off our house uh, much faster than we were originally going to do. And then she'll tell me, yeah, now's a good time. You know, now, no, it's not a good time, but 5 o'clock is better or something like that. So we come to an agreement on it. And then as we sit down to go over the spreadsheets, we just have a little gratitude session. Hey, can you believe this? We live in Las Vegas. I'm a retired Marine at 44 years old. Got this amazing business opportunity. Life is good. Uh, let's make it even better. Do you agree? Yes, we agree. And then we dive into the spreadsheet. And we have the discussions, and sometimes if she, you know, she takes a hard stance on gifts or Christmas or whatever it is, and she says, no, let's not reduce that there, then, then we don't reduce it. So I don't make it a, Greg's in charge of finance, I'm reducing the numbers, let's win everything. I make it an absolute win-win so that it fits both, both of our lives, and sometimes we adjust to her liking, and sometimes we adjust to mine, but it's always in keeping with our vision and our um, values as a family. And the last part of that is when things come up like car repairs and house repairs, anytime something comes up like that, um, I add it to the budget. So for example, we just had a carpet cleaner over because we like to have our carpets cleaned every year and that wasn't on the budget. So we, we take from an account, I call it the Glory account, just stands for Greg and Lori, where I sometimes park some extra money for us to do nice stuff but if something like that comes up, we take it out of the glory money and we pay the bill and then I add it to the spreadsheet. So for something like that, I would say, hey, honey, carpet cleaning came up. It's not in the budget. Car repairs or house repairs came up. Where do you want to put it? I make my suggestions. We go through it and then we agree. So we don't have a house repairs account, but we have, we have like a, a dream home account. So if we want new shutters or to remodel a bathroom or something like that, We'll create the account, and even if it only has $50 a month going to it, we'll, recreate, we'll, we'll create the account. We're saving for a bathroom, and let's just say it's five grand to redo the whole thing. I open up the account, start a $50 allotment or whatever it can be, $10, $15, $20, it doesn't matter. Once you open up the account and it's there, then it gives us an opportunity to go park more money in there. One thing that Lori and I have gotten really good at doing is because all of our money is separated, Greg spending, Lori spending, fixed expenses and variable expenses, Lori's gotten really, really good at the end of the month if there's $10, $20, or even $30 left in a particular account, she'll just go in there and grab it and put it toward the mortgage. So let's say variable expenses, I had fuel at $100, but we only spent $50. She's gotten really good and saying, hey, we saved some extra money this month on fuel, let's put it towards the mortgage or let's put it towards um, investing or something like that. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying this to try to just show everybody that once you get through the initial first process of building your numbers and knowing where they are, not only does it become easy, it becomes really, really fun. So one of the shifts that we've recently had is Lori's kind of taken over the whole mortgage thing and it's kind of become a fun game for her to find extra money and put it towards the mortgage. We want to get our house paid off in five years and, now, as more beach body money starts coming in, you know, she's kind of got her eyes on it, like, hey, I'm going to grab some of that extra money for the mortgage. And because our initial budget is already, you know, covered anything above and beyond that, it's kind of fun. I'm like, yeah, okay, go ahead and take some extra for the mortgage or do whatever. So you can, you, you can kind of start to have some more fun with it and adding stuff to your budget instead of it being a take away from. 
And yes, we have an emergency fund for sure. I set up an allotment, and that's almost one of the very first things that we did many, many years ago. And if we spend it down, I immediately uh, replenish it. And one of the very interesting conversations Lori and I had many years ago around an emergency fund is, this is a fun exercise. You guys should try this one. Define emergency fund and define emergency, what an emergency is to you. And if you want to have fun with it, do it on a separate sheet of, sheet of paper. So I put Greg, what is an emergency? And I list emergencies. And Lori, what is an emergency? And she lists emergencies. You know, five years ago, not ha- having an outdated iPhone could have been an emergency for me. So there would be extra money. I'd be like, hey, we can use some emergency money to do this. But now as, as time has gone and, you know, things evolve, you know, emergencies become different. So it requires that definition. And, and for a fun exercise, write it down. What's an emergency to you? What's one to your spouse? And see where your answers are and then have a, have a conversation around that. But, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely start that or have one. Great input there. Um, you know, what I saw with me is, you know, Greg sits there and maybe does the worksheet once a month, and, and then he said to me that he um, schedules a briefing with Lori, you know, and, and if there's anything that comes up, it's like, well, we don't have enough for groceries in the budget. You know, then it becomes a preventive, preventive discussion as opposed to, you know, an, a post um, apocalyptic argument. So, you know, it's, it's something that works really great for them. Um, so we're about 15 minutes over. I appreciate everybody staying on. There's still a lot of people on the call. And if anybody's got some individual questions, we'll go ahead and ask Greg. Otherwise, I think we're going to uh, wrap it up for the week here. Okay, last call. Going once, going twice. Uh, yes, thanks everybody coming out. And again, this is kind of the tip of the iceberg. Um, well, I guess one more thing for Greg while we're here is, you know, since he has gotten out of the military and he's allowed himself to do this business, if you can just share a little bit about the website that you've developed, the time and money that you've put into it, and then your plan for sharing that with the team and the costs involved and you know, the minimum amount of time that they would have to look at the initial videos that you were talking about earlier. Okay, I can do that. And the, I'm, I'm developing this website right now, fiscalfitnessacademy.com, and it's going to be a membership website. Anybody of the fit union can um, get into it. Um, but the, essentially I'm calling it the 12 months of fiscal fitness, and I'm going to map out the entire plan from Stop the Leak, Separate and Automate, Fiscal Flow Mojo, Investments, and I'm going to add in there's identity theft and some other things that make a comp- what a comprehensive personal financial plan is, needs to look like. And I just divided it up into 12 steps so that it can be, you can do one or two worksheets a month uh, so that by the end of the year you have a comprehensive financial plan and you can you know, it's kind of like eating the elephant one bite at a time. So that's something that I'm trying to do along the lines of what Jason does for his coaching code so I can offer it back to everybody. And how much money and time have you spent developing that website? <laughs> and what what would it cost for um, our team coaches to have this membership to do the 12 months of success? Yeah, I know you're trying to pin me down for a number. I've spent a considerable amount on the websites, uh, you know, maybe maybe more than 10000 bucks. But part of that is it's been a passion for mine. So just to elaborate on something we talked about earlier when I said, you know, just get me out of Iraq alive and I'm going to go 
live a happy life. One of my dreams has always been to stand up the Fiscal Fitness Academy and help people with finance. And so I took a year off uh, after retiring to actually do that. So I'm putting it together and we'll go live with that soon. And it's been a passion of mine to be able to do this, so it's something that I that I want to give. You know, I haven't thought about what I'm going to charge for memberships, and you know, I'm new into the the fit union, and I want to give back and things like that. So, you know, maybe Jason, that's a good conversation you and I have about how that's going to evolve. Um, you know, I struggle with charging anybody for anything for this kind of stuff, but I don't really want to get too distracted on that. You know, my mission is. I want to make, you know, people, I like to say fiscally fit and financially strong, and I specifically want to do that for beach body coaches because of the way, you know, we view people and the community of health and everything. So one of my one of my long-term goals that you guys will see me coming in and out of this uh, as time goes. Okay, well, awesome information there. I just wanted him to touch upon, you know, the amount of time and resources that he spent into it. I know for him it was kind of like, a ramping down of coming out of the military and, you know, gave them some time to maybe not have to wake up with, um, I don't know, what is it, a trumpet wake up every morning and have to answer to orders. So he was, you know, totally having some liberty there and enjoying that time off. But, you know, when other people go to retire, sit on the couch and drink a beer and watch football games, you know, he was there developing this really neat, elaborate tool that um, he is going to be able to share with us. I think and what he was saying is, you know, for the Fit Union members at a really reasonable cost, and this is something that, you know, the top brass of Beachbody is probably going to pay a little bit more for, you know, as they have more money to invest and they seek professional help. So um, how do folks uh, stay in touch with you? Um, maybe just your Facebook so that they know about when those um, things are available. Yeah, Facebook is great, facebook.com forward slash Greg J. Allen. Okay, awesome, folks. Well, we're almost at an hour and a half now. I know this is a little bit extra time, but we really wanted to get into detail of the spreadsheet. Again, that's the top of the iceberg, you know, but focus on uh, number one is spending, you know, less than you make and accumulating some wealth so you've got something to show for this. Um, Think about that big why. That might be the big house, the big car make sure you're saving towards it or you know maybe it's about leaving a legacy um funding a library who knows on lots of things that you can do with it but at least take the conscious time and effort so you're not spending everything that you make and you're thinking about where you want that money to go long term thanks so much for having greg on the call thanks everybody for coming in if you know somebody that needs to hear this call uh, refer them to teamleadershipcalls.com available on the internet and also as a downloadable podcast thanks so much everybody good night Thanks.